So, my lady's been watching this new show. Uh, it's not really new. It's new to her, uh, but it came out like in 2018, but it's called uh, Love After Lockdown. And whenever you get a woman and somebody incarcerated and somebody in a some kind of matchmaking situation, you know women are going to flock to this thing like, like moths to a bug light, right? But... Um, so I, but I, I kind of indulged with her and, and uh, honestly, but as I watched this thing, they, it shouldn't be called love after lockdown. It should be called uh, control freaks who find people in prison and try and marry them. So I knew it wasn't a, uh, like a new show, but it was, it looked fairly recent, but I had, I, just did a little due diligence on it. Turns out it was, it came out in 2018 and, and, um, and some of these cast members are dead. Like it's really tragic. Like, um, like two of the instances, two of the, <laughs> some of these people can't get out of their own way. Honestly, a couple of a couple of the situations are just like you can tell it's just like oh and and it's not um it's not subject to you know gender bias like there's a one there's there's one woman that um got her hooks into this guy who got out who'd been doing like six years for uh grand theft auto and robbery and stuff and uh she she's you can kind of tell she's a little high maintenance a little kind of wacky you know and she ended up buying a house for her and homeboy to start their lives when he gets out and um and on the flip side when i say it's not gender exclusive to these loons, these kind of, they're kind of, they seem to be kind of control freaks. I think that's the connecting narrative of, of these people. And if you've seen the show, you kind of know what I'm talking about. But, uh, so the other, the other example is this guy who's from Chicago and he, uh, finds this girl who was, uh, late twenties was in, uh, prison for selling or dealing heroin. She was a model and she got into that lifestyle and she got busted. And spoiler alert, she's one of the ones that passed away. She passed away at 31, three years ago in 2021 from an overdose. But this guy was like on at the minute she, and she was, she was really stunning, like a really good looking, like you never would have suspected she would have been to prison. She looked like just part of that kind of model agency lifestyle you know, and, um, but he was like on it, like from the beginning, like when she got out, he was setting up appointments for her to go, um, do, um, interviews at modeling agencies and stuff that she didn't, wasn't even aware of. She didn't, wasn't really, didn't sound like she was all that interested in. And, uh, he's just plotting shit out for left and right. So I'm like, my God, like, it's just, but the girl, see the girl, <laughs> the girl's got, I, and I don't know how she bought this this house, but it was a little house and it's fine. And then she, um, uh, her dad was, could her dad's like 
fuck's wrong with you? And, um, but when he got, when she, when she went and picked up homeboy, there couldn't be two more opposite types, right? He looked like kind of a white guy. He looked like a guy that was in prison for Grand Theft Auto, honestly. And he had kind of like a, I don't know, he had kind of this wigger type accent thing going on. Like, he, I think, you know, I don't know. I mean, white guys, when they get into prison, they you got to, you got to, uh, assimilate in some fashion, I guess. But this guy just wasn't up for, I don't know. She looked, this is just, and this is just me kind of, uh, theorizing, but she kind of seemed like this Jewish princess, right? That was like, she gets whatever she wants and hasn't, uh, really, um, had to kind of adapt or be flexible with a lot of stuff growing up. And, uh, who was somebody, somebody in the show, I can't remember who was mentioned that she was like, Oh, for nine or really, I think it was her dad. Yeah. I think it was her dad. He, she, cause she set up a meeting where she would m- introduce her new fiance to her dad. And, uh, he just wasn't ha- he was like, oh, fuck, I can't believe it. And he just laid it out there. He's like, I don't, you know, I don't know what your motives are to t- talking to the guy. And I don't think this is legit. And I don't think it's going to survive. I don't think it's going to last. And, uh, and he goes, uh, yeah, and she's 0 for 9. Like, <laughs> like, and I don't know if the other, these nine, these other poor bastards, these, these other nine people were also incarcerated or if they're just kind of random social experiments that just didn't like she just because she could she was just baffled that like the minute he got out he wanted he wanted to go out like he wanted to go out and enjoy life because he I mean shit you're incarcerated it's been six years or whatever you know you it's you're out in the oh you're out now like you want to go experience shit you know and she's like I just can't believe like so I just I can't believe you do what you didn't want to just hang out with me and just you know, fall asleep with me in my arms or whatever, or watch, you know, some series or binge some show or some bullshit. Like homeboy's been like locked up. Like he wants to be, uh, out. Like he wants to go out, you know? And, and she just wasn't having it, you know? And she's like, I can't believe, you know, I can't believe you didn't want to come home and just propose to me. (laughs) What the fuck? Like, I don't know. Like, Again, it's not exclusive to gender, you know, but there the the common thread was the controlling the like they just she definitely just felt like she just didn't have control of the situation. And then the guy from Chicago um fuck, it's just it's just he didn't he didn't he hadn't even mentioned to her uh, to his parents, I I think that he uh, had met a, a woman in prison. Cause they go to, there's a, is like a website, like, like, um, meeting in prison.com or meeting, uh, meet an inmate. I think it was meet and literally like without exaggeration, I think it's called meet an inmate.com. And then you hit it off and then they, you know, these, so these people have been corresponding for years, you know, months, years, most of them years. One girl from, uh, Oh my God. One girl is real big, real big girl. Looks like she backed into the air hose, you know? Uh, living in Utah, she's a, a black Mormon, and uh, she <laughs> she was uh, she drove like 
nine hours to go pick up this guy in Chowchilla where uh, Dorothy Puente died in Chowchilla from Utah. And she's like, you ain't, (laughs) the minute, (laughs) so she's, so she's already having like a, she's already just going off the chain. Like when homeboy steps off the bus outside the prison, uh, you know, gate, they, they, they ship his, and this guy's been in for 18 years now, 18, he's 40. And, uh, so she picks him up and she's all giddy with fucking, she's overwhelmed with sweat. And, uh, I can't believe I'm watching this shit. And, but, uh, so they go, oh, so, and she bought a car for him. And so when they leave, he wants, like, they decide they're going to go to a car wash and the girl at the car wash is like, you know, which car wash would you like? And he's like, I want the works. And she's like, girl, we engaged. You know, she's telling this to the girl that's, you know, asking what kind of car wash you want. So she's under the impression, like, the the poor girl that's asking what kind of car wash they want is flirting with him because he says, I want the works. He, she's like, oh, you ain't getting none of this if you flirting with her. You go with her. You can go with her. Like, she's already going off the rails. She's already going off the fucking reservation here. So it's like, total, like fucking... Control Freak Central. It's just bizarre, but it's like, but it makes sense now because you're like, well, they're looking for people in prison who can't go anywhere. You know, they got them right where they want them. Like, it makes sense now. Like, and once I understood that, it's like, oh, okay. All right. I get it. But it's fascinating. I don't know. Uh, this to me, obviously, would be obviously a show geared for women, by women, about women, primarily, but it's not. But it's like, it's like those podcasts. Like I asked, I asked one of the, uh, I asked the nurse, one of the nurses at the, one of the donor centers, uh, a, a year or two ago, like what, what is it about your, you guys' murder podcast? Like why are you guys, I come, I come all you women are in those fucking murder, murder podcasts and shit. Like you guys is taking notes and shit, like rushing up, like getting some, you know, getting some plays under your belt. <laughs> football coach you just fucking like hmm I like that I like that slant I like that I like that bootleg <laughs> but uh, but I I mean I'm in it you know in a kind of a humorous gesture but it's it it like if you broke it down the demographics of the women that are the people that listen to those murder podcasts it's like 98% women probably you know without without kind of I mean I'm not even like it's not even hyperbole they're just they're fascinated. Like that's what that's what women watch. That's what li- women listen to. So they watch. They want to know. Like it's like a, I don't know, a how to. Like I'm gonna fucking kill. I'm gonna. How do I? How can I fucking kill this guy? <laughs> you know. But it's like I don't know. It's fascinating. It's fascinating how we're geared up. You know, men and women, and um, by and large, how they're kind of separated and then go about their their day to day, but. But let me let me let me change. I'm gonna change. So I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to the next subject here. And I'm because uh, I'm t- I'm tired. I'm tired, man. I'm tired. I got lots going on. But um, Friday I uh, had a, a the usual kind of uh, late night, getting down about nine thirty ish. 
But um, I on my on my Fridays, it's just without. Ha- I mean, it's been consistent since gosh, the last three months. Last three months, it's just uh, a, a routine. Get up, hit the gym, start your route, get done, load up for the hospitals, take those down to Manteca, Modesto, Merced, the three M's. And uh, but, and that's about a five hour process. That so, uh, so I've been listening to uh, you know I've been listening to those audio books and uh, shit like that. But I was this, but uh, upon the prompting of uh, Andrew on Andrew Schultz's podcast, uh, this was a couple weeks ago. Now he'd brought up that uh, the Cat Williams interview, <laughs> which is like. Fucking hilarious. Like, bizarrely hilarious. Like, Cat will Like, that guy is a fucking nightmare. An entertaining nightmare. Because uh, he, he kind of drifts in and out of what I assume to be fact versus fiction. His timelines were a little off when he's talking about the past and performances and this and that. So, but but it it was a long form interview like uh, a lot like uh, Rogan's you know like about a two and a half I think it was like a two and a half hour uh, podcast with with Shannon Sharp which when I first learned about it had like forty five million views uh, within a few like a few days right which I get like Cat Will- I mean Cat Williams he's like a legend you know he's legendary he's a legendary performer. Like he's just, he's one of those natural guys. He's one of those wordsmiths. You can't like that interview he had on that radio where where the, he just tore into that radio DJ. It was just fucking bonkers. Just fucking brilliant. Like, but that's why I say you don't bring a knife to a gunfight when you're dealing with comedians. Comedians are the best. You know, I was telling my mom, comedians are like the uh, the feeder fish or the 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 bottom feeders or the crustaceans of the entertainment world or, or society where they digest a lot of the garbage just to make sense of it. Right. So you, you're kind of getting their filter, their perspective, their lens on things. Right. And that's, but, uh, so I listened to this. So this is what I, uh, I listened to the first hour like last week. And then this last Friday I finished it up, but he was, he, he was a wrecking crew. It was, a um, it was just a one man assault job. Like everybody was in the, at, so much so everybody seemed compelled to, uh, kind of reply, or. You know, record a reply, or film a reply. I saw Ice Cube replying. Um. And um, even Rogan, uh, he was talking about uh. He that he that Rogan uh, wouldn't want him on his wouldn't want Cat Williams on his show right. Cause he's got like six other comedians that he's propping up. <laughs> like, damn, bro! Like, you went there. Cause we know who he's talking about, and it's cool. I mean, they're funny, but it's like it's it's kind of true, you know. The Seguras and the Ari Shafirs, and Ari Shafirs even admitted that he's like, ah, eh, you know, I'm kind of in the, you know, like Rogan kind of, kind of made kind of made these guys, but they're but you also have to have the talent. It's like. It's like the whole deflate gate thing. Like, yeah, there probably was a little a difference in the air. It was probably scientifically overstated by uh, Roger Goodell and the NFL. But at the same time, 
when they're talking about that game against the Colts that the Patriots embarrassed him and Brady and the Patriots embarrassed Andrew Luck and the Colts, you still have to make those throws. So as a comedian, like you still have, you know, you whether you get a leg up from a guy that's made, you know, a made guy, like you still have to be funny. Like, but, uh, but in so doing, so even, even Rogan had kind of a response in his own podcast to say that he would, he would definitely have Cat Williams on. And I don't see why, I think that, I think that's legit. I mean, it, it seems silly to, for Cat Williams to have a stance like that. But, uh, or it seems unfounded that Rogan wouldn't have him on there. Cause right. I mean, come on, the dude's had Ben Shapiro on there more than once. Like, you don't think you have Cat Williams on there? One of the greats, right? But, uh, so, f- like, but as I'm listening to this, as I'm, you know, careening through the Central Valley at all hours of the night, all states of chaos and weather and rain and all this shit, um, what I thought, what I found as entertaining, was Shannon Sharp. If you listen, and it's a long, it's a long interview, long podcast, but, <laughs> but I, I found Shannon Sharp and his kind of, because he was just there for. I mean, it turned out he was kind of a lot. It ended up being, being that he was along for the ride in this interview. Like Cat Williams was going off. He was like on in the pulpit. He was, he was preaching. But every now and then you'd have Kat, you'd have uh, Shannon Sharp, <laughs> who, by the way, one of the great tight ends of all time, one of the, um, whose whose brother Sterling Sharp, people don't talk about, but great great receiver with the Packers, fucking great receiver, uh, had one of the longest consecutive one hundred yard uh, streaks if it's still in existence. Uh, but anyway, but Shannon Sharp every now and then would he he'd hear him go, Kyle Williams, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> like there was no filter with Shannon Sharp either. He was so loud and so like, you know, he had, he's got that, that way he talks, even when he's broadcasting on the football games, um, when he's talking commentary on football, he just has that, uh, that verbal release. It's just a loud, it's just, a, it's, it's a very distinct to him. But when you put it in the guise of like responding to like all this shit that Cat Williams is dishing out, it was so funny. He's like, Cat Williams, you can't say that, Cat Williams. <laughs> He's like, I don't even know if I'm going to have a club Shay Shay after this. Because <laughs> he just, yeah, because he's just leveling dudes, leveling dudes, just setting them up, knocking them down, just got his crosshair set on Steve Harvey, Cedric the Entertainer. Kind of, I don't know, but you know, I mean, a lot of com- a lot of comedy and a lot of comedians have an axe to grind. They come from a dark. They come from like an angry place. Some of that comes. From, I mean, listen to Bill Burr. He's an angry guy. You know, it comes from somewhere, and it's anger, and in an effort to kind of decipher the, you know, our social, our social uh, idiosyncrasies and you know wackiness, you know. These guys have all, you know, they've all been slighted in some form. They've all been underpaid in some situation. They've all been kind of um, cut in front of in line somewhere and uh, made to eat crow, made to eat eat shit, you know, have eaten shit. Many of them go up and just 
you know, bomb. Just, you know, nothing but crickets. And that, you know that, like, what does Rogan say? He's like, bombing is like sucking a thousand dicks in front of your mom. It's just, it's all bad. And, uh, but damn, that was, that to me, like, I thought that was just as, that was on par. I think that was just as much on par. Shannon Sharp's kind of <laughs> irresponsive. Good shit, fucking, oh yeah, but was funny. Okay, so what, but what, what really came of this and, and, and you gotta have, you gotta have the patience, in my opinion, to see through a lot of this This is all, he is in the pulpit and he is grandstanding, but he's also promoting. I mean, he knows this, these guys, of course, these guys are pros. They're all, they don't know how to work a room, right? Like you can hear in the guy, the, the, the guys that are filming and producing the show, the, the the podcast the Shannon Sharp podcast they're they're cracking up in the background you can hear them they're dying because this guy knows how to work a room and uh, because Rogan said it himself in 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 addressing the fact that he you know Cat Williams thinks he wouldn't want him on a show he's Rogan said that the, the, his ticket sales went up like 800%, right? Now, now all of a sudden, everybody... I mean, you got guys like me, just some old white guy walk, you know, comment, comment, commentating on the, on the fallout of it all. And it's classic. It's funny. But ticket sales went up. People want to see what it's, what it's all about. It's a, predi- it's a weird, predatory thing. It's like people... There's blood in the water. People like that. People... It's the same... I guess it's the same kind of impetus you have when women want to, you know get in the mind of a serial killer in a podcast and want to know why, why, why'd you kill? Why, why are they killing? Why is women, why do women kill? Why do, you know? And, uh, but it's hilarious. It's hilarious. But, I, but I, I was, and I was kind of explaining, oh yeah, because I'd sent, um, gosh, a few, uh, a few weeks ago or a month ago or so I'd sent, uh, my mom, a clip of when Bill Burr was on uh, the Jimmy Fallon show, right? And, uh, or was it Jimmy? Or was it the other Jimmy? Uh, no, it wasn't Jimmy Fallon. It was uh, the other one. Jimmy, uh, the other guy from the man show. Um, Jimmy Kimmel, that guy. The guy, I think he's from Louisiana. He looks like he's from Louisiana. He looks like, well, why, why do I bring up Louisiana? Because, oh, my lady got a little pissed at me this morning when we woke up. I was, she was, she turned on, for whatever reason, she turns on Duck Dynasty. I'm like, what the fuck? Duck Dynasty. And she's laughing her ass off because of their homespun little anecdotal quips, which I think are just like so staged and boring. But she goes, did you hear what I, he said? Uh, blah blah blah. I, go, I I heard I heard what he said, and she just that wasn't uh, that wasn't. She thought I was just. She thought I was just shutting her down, but I'm like I this. I, there's zero entertainment in watching these uh, these old militia guys sit around the table and 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 try and be homespun rednecks. But uh, but I told her I said, uh, but you know Phil Robertson was. Um, he was the starting quarterback for Louisiana Tech the same time Terry Bradshaw was. They shared starting roles in uh, Louisiana, Louisiana Tech football in, like, the 60s. 
Like Phil Robertson was a great, great quarterback, but he's like, ah, I'm gonna go make duck calls. But uh, anyway, she wasn't buying that. But they're both, they're all from Louisiana. I think Jimmy Kimmel's from Louisiana too. He looks like it. He's got that fucked up face. Kind of that, that kind of inbred, kind of weird. Um, but, uh, but I sent my mom that, <laughs> anyway, circling back, I sent that uh, Bill Burr clip that where he's on Jimmy Kimmel to my mom about him talking about uh, the election and shit like that and how... Um, like Trump's doing all, you know, he's he's doing great. He, he he just annihilated everybody in the Iowa caucuses. He's on in New Hampshire, and uh, without, I mean, with with nothing but bad press, right? Nothing but court appearances, trials, defamation trials, um, fraud trials. I mean, just everything. But it's all it's all kind of orchestrated by, um, you know, those in the in the elite, you know, that uh, are doing everything they can to keep him from running. Because I mean, obviously, this dude's got a axe to grind. I mean, if he gets in office, man, he's gonna lay waste to some motherfucker. He's gonna he's gonna pull a Cat Williams on some people, right? But Bill Burr, he's he's telling him like, you know, and Jimmy Kimmel's kind of a, a, a he's kind of. Um, guilty of this as well but if you just don't give any attention to it it'll go away that's what bill burr's saying if you just don't like cnn propped cnn was like their ratings just went right in the shitter after uh trump kind of faded from view after his uh his four-year stint there right i mean they had nothing they had nothing they had nothing and uh, consequently, like, ratings are down, viewership's down. It's all that. Well, it's late, and it's legacy media, you know. I mean, all those all those outlets are kind of in the toilet, you know. Um, but it's true. But it's a true idiom that, like, if you ignore the loudmouth troublemakers, they will go away. Like, it's it's perfect. Like, my parents used to say this. To me, to my sister, when I threw gum in her hair and shit like that, if you just ignore him, he'll go away. And they're right. But you know what she didn't do? Ignore me. And it just, it, it was like, it was just, you know, it's like, say more when you've had enough. Say more when you've had enough. Say more when you've had enough. More? More? Well, it's just like, and so that's what, that's the same, the same kind of, um, the same kind of dynamic that works with guys like Cat Williams, like, or 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 Howard Stern, or anybody that is controversial, anybody that's polarizing. You know, Elon Musk is another one. You know, if you just ignore all these things, these people will fade into the woodwork, right? But no, they take the bait. They take the bait every time. They take the bait. God, they take the bait, you know, and uh, and so here we are. So now they've martyred, you know, Trump, and so he's just going to run roughshod over all these people, all these people, all these, like Nikki Haley and um, DeSantis has already dropped out. I mean, this, these are people that are working working round the clock on their campaigns. And here comes Trump, who's just been martyred by the legacy media, has done nothing 
but sit in in in, in, in indictments. Sit, sit. He's done literally nothing but sat through indictments and trials. And he's the overwhelming like favorite snowballing into power. Like it's just it gets it's just gonna get more and and I can't believe people don't understand this. It's brilliant. Like and that's what and that's why Cat Williams ticket sales went up eight hundred percent. Cause you get like if you like if you have an issue with him, like if I was like uh anybody that responded to the the uh this uh assault, this drive by shooting of an interview of a podcast, you know, if you were Cedric the Entertainer or Steve Harvey, which the you know, I mean, look, they got some cushy. Steve Harvey's got some. I mean, he's got. He's not going to give up that boring ass Family Feud, that cushy gig. These guys, Drew Carey, they're not going to give up those gigs. They're just printing money. Why would they go back into that? That war, you know, it's like Mark Curry. Mark Curry was a name that came up, but. Mark Curry was another savage comedian, just a, a, a an assassin who got he got paid. He got paid, and uh, f- you know, nice guy. But when you get paid, you don't have that edge. You don't need. You don't. You don't. You're not interested. You know. You don't need to get out there and 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 uh, fuck people up. You can just take your money and go home. You know. But yeah. But if you just ignore. If you just ignore all the, it's it's the simplest formula. You just got to shut the fuck up. Don't say anything. Don't say anything, right? And uh, so, uh, but honestly, I I I thought it was hilarious. I thought I thought the the I thought the whole thing was I. Listen, we all love a good train wreck. We all love a good train wreck. We all want to comment on the train wreck. Give our our angle on it, give our two cents, chime in, but that's what empowers it, you know? And, uh, things happen too fast anymore to even really completely digest a lot of stuff and, uh, and really let it, really let it set in and, 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 you know, sprout legs and let it go, let it run, let it, let it evolve, right? People don't have that. People, don't, people, people have to, they, like that's 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 social media, right there. You know, they want to chime in. They want to, they want to broadcast their virtue, their virtue signal. This is my. This is how I. This is how it should be. This is how I feel about it. This is how it's. Cause, you know, if we just did it this way, if we just responded this, you know, shut the fuck up, dude. If you just ignore shit, it'll disappear. It'll go away. <laughs> It's the simplest shit. So wild, but but uh, I'm but I'm guilty of the same thing, you know. I have to. Uh, I could have just played along with the little Phil Robertson, little Duck Dynasty bullshit. <laughs> I could have said, "Oh, that was hilarious, dear." Well, that's a zinger. But I. We all want to put our own little stamp on it now, don't we? But yeah. Anyway, uh, oh, fuck, shit, I forgot, football, dude, speaking of fucking football, Terry Bradshaw, and did you guys watch those games, did you guys see that shit, 
Fucking the Niners. The Niners are, they're beatable. Packers should have won that game. Packers beat themselves. They controlled that game. Uh, but so what are we going to, what are we left with? What's going on? What's happening? Um, what was the other, uh, oh, the Texans and Ravens. Well, the Ravens are, the Ravens are, are, um, mm, the Super Bowl ring has to be taken from them. Um, they manhandle the Texans. The Niners are, they look beatable. I knew they looked beatable. Uh, and it was a good... Uh, Packers have a good defense. Not not the not the greatest defense, but I think it's going to end up being... Well, as we speak, I'm listening to the... It's tied at the half. The Lions and Bucks. The Lions should win that game. And then it's so... It should be a Lions-Niners uh, NFC Championship. And that, that'll be a good game. What if the Lions made the... What if the Lions made the Super Bowl? What the fuck? Like, let's go. Let's get somebody in that hasn't been in there. Do we really want to see Ravens Niners? Um, but the game, the game of all games, don't spoil it for me. Don't tell me what's happening. Don't ruin it for me. But the game, the new rivalry, the new Manning-Brady rivalry coming up today, 3.30. I'm speaking to you from the past. Chiefs-Bills. And uh, Chiefs look beatable. They're going to be in Buffalo. This is the this is the is this the first time that uh, Mahomes has played an away game other than the Super Bowl. Why am I talking this high? <laughs> Fucking I don't I don't know. That's the game to watch. My boy Josh Allen from Fireball by way of University of Wyoming. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Let's send the Swifties packing. And on that note, I'm out of here. I'll talk at you later. Arrivederci, baby.